Don't you dare touch that dial. You don't want to miss a single minute of Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pamita, episode 23. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Well, hello, hello, my loves. I am your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Well, I'm super excited to delve into this topic. Why do spells? Why do we do magic? You know, why do we do any of it? Before we get into that, I have just a couple quick announcements and things that I'd like to share with you. I'm going to be coming out of town, leaving Los Angeles and going to a couple places. And I hope that if you're in these towns, you can pop by and see me. The first I've already talked about before, but it's worth mentioning again. I'll be at HexFest in New Orleans, August 10th, 11th, and 12th. Um, That's a beautiful festival of all kinds of magical workers, speakers, teachers, all kinds of amazing people. One of those people that I'm very excited to hang out with is my, the editor of my book, Madame Pemita's Magical Tarot. That's Judica Illis. She'll be there and there'll be a whole bunch of other amazing teachers there. So if you are in New Orleans or you have nothing to do on August 10th through 12th and you want to learn something, check out hexfest.com and you'll see all about it. I also wanted to let you know that On November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, so the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of November, I'll be in Denver at Ritual Craft, and I'll be doing a class on magic with the tarot cards, and I'll also be doing a reader's fair. I'll be one of the readers at the reader's fair on the 3rd, so classes on November 2nd, reader's fair on November 3rd, and then November 4th, I'm going to be the guest reader over at Ritual Craft in Denver. So if you are in the Colorado area near Denver, come by and see me. I would love to see you. Also, another exciting thing back in Los Angeles on January 7th through 11th, I'll be doing a Make Magic Immersion course. It's a five-day intensive in magic with me, Madam Pamita. It will be your Hogwarts school for five days. So if you are interested in finding out more about that, go ahead and check out my website, parlorofwonders.com, go to the instruction page and then go to the Academy of the Magical Arts. And there you will see information about the Make Magic Immersion course. So I hope you can come out to Los Angeles for that. You can be anywhere and come and see me virtually um, for my magic Q&A tea party every Sunday, every Sunday from 5 p.m. Pacific time to 6 p.m. Pacific time. We do a live Q&A and you get to see me And I get to hear from you on the comments with your questions and answer those questions live. So come over to Instagram or YouTube, subscribe to my channel. So in both of those places, I'm Madam Pamita, all one word. And if you do that, you'll get a notification at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday that I'm live and you can come see me and hang out. So I hope that you do that. It's a great little community that we have over there. My magical neighbors, as I like to call them. So this week's question was sent in by Jocelyn from Lubbock, and Jocelyn wrote the following. She said, hi there, this podcast fills me with joy and relief. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, Jocelyn. 
And her question was, from what I understand, law of attraction says your thoughts create feelings and feelings create your reality. It's all non-physical. But with magic, we're doing things, making candles, mojo bags, incense, etc. Magic is not just using our thoughts. It's physical. It's ritual. So what is the relationship between doing magical work in 3D versus just changing what we're focusing on? And how are we are feeling? Is the physical ritual always necessary? And when is it more necessary? So that is a great question. Why do magic? Why do spells? Well, we're going to find out about that in this episode. I'm going to show you in this episode the foundation for the principles of magic. I'm going to teach you what I call the web and what that is and why rituals and tools help us. So let's just jump right in. So first of all, what is magic? Well, if you listen back to episode one of the podcast, I talk about what magic is. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I would recommend that you do listen to that episode. But just to recap, you know, briefly what I talk about in that episode, magic is using your will to change your reality. So it's using your will to change your reality. Well, guess what? Law of attraction is also using your will to change your reality. Everything is manifestation. You are doing magic all the time. You are doing spells all the time. And you are doing law of attraction all the time. But you may be attracting things that you don't want or attracting things that are sort of not quite in the realm of what it is that you're looking for. And all that we're talking about when we're talking about doing magic is using your will, right? the will, the desire that you have to create the things that you do want and those things coming to you. Now, I talked about this in the episode before, episode 22, I talked about the concept of as above, so below. No, episode 21, sorry, as above, so below. That's from the beginning of the Emerald Tablet by Hermes Trismegistus. That's a hard name to say, but Hermes Trismegistus is the name of the author of something called the Emerald Tablet. And this is a a very old document that talks and spells out the entire system of traditional magic, which our modern understanding of magic is based on. Now, what good old Hermes talks about in that beautiful book is that everything is connected. Now, he talks about the idea that there is the all. Now, some people would call the all something like the force, if you were a Star Wars nerd like I am. You might talk about it as being the universe. I sometimes refer to it as that, or you might talk about it as being spirit or God, or just the connection between all things. But I like to sometimes call this the web. And what that means is that everything is both independent and connected. We know more about this scientifically as we're learning more about, you know, how systems work as we get smaller and smaller, we can see that, for example, as we look at a, let's say we're looking at an apple, we might look at that apple as being a solid object. But if we go down smaller and smaller and we look closer and closer, we'll see that it's made up of atoms and that those atoms are quite distant from each other. They're small little particles, small little pieces made up of particles, and that they have space between them so that what appears to be solid is actually not solid at all. There's spaces between those. Each of those atoms is independent, but they work together to create this thing that we find and that we see as a solid apple. So if we take that and kind of go 
extrapolate that a little bit, we'll see that all things are connected in the world, that there's no difference between those little atoms being connected to create something. And for example, planets and solar systems and galaxies being connected. And if we come down to that sort of middle ground area, we'll see that people, for example, are all connected and you're connected to all living things. You know, it's a very simplified version of that. But if you've ever seen the movie Pocahontas, where she sings about being connected to the rocks and the wind and the animals and how they're all connected, she's actually speaking a very, very deep truth. And this is something that many, many ancient cultures was understood and it's been lost over time, but then rediscovered again. And as we get into science, we're discovering that it's absolutely true. So if everything is connected, then we are able to manipulate these connections or um, shift these connections and use them through our will. And that's that spiritual working that we do. Now, the seed of all magic, the seed, the beginning of all magic is the thought. That's the idea. You cannot have magic without having the thought. If you, you don't do magic without having some kind of idea, some kind of thought. And that is also true in law of attraction. So if we talk about what we were talking about in last week's episode, which was episode 22, I touch on the cycle that creates manifestation. That's that um, air, fire, water, and earth cycle, that there's first a thought, then we take action, then we connect to spirit and let spirit co-create with us, and finally we get that manifestation, air, fire, water, and earth, thought, action, spirit, and manifestation. So if you go on that cycle, the first step is the thought, and that goes, it is true for magic, that is true for law of attraction, that is true for anything that's made. You know, if you look at the chair that you're sitting on, the house that you're in, the apple that you're eating, at one time that was someone's thought. Even that apple was a tree that was planted by somebody and harvested by somebody. So these are all things that are created, and they're created first by someone having the idea. Now, you asked the question, Jocelyn, if you can do magic just by thinking. Well, of course you can. I say this many, many times. There's the idea of wild magic. Jackie Smith, that fabulous author of Coventry Magic with Candles, Oils, and Herbs, coined this phrase, wild magic, but it's been around forever. This idea that you can create magic just purely through the thought alone. Um, you have that thought, that initial thought, pure thought, Pure visioning can create magic. And that's what we talk about when we are talking about law of attraction. Law of attraction in its purest form never makes a step beyond that. You just do the visioning process and you allow things to happen. But we like to support our outcomes. And sometimes your pure vision isn't mm, quite as pure as it could be. So that's where we also bring in the fire of action that water of co-creating and identifying and working with spirit, trusting spirit, and so on. And then seeing that final manifest manifestation, the earth aspect, the manifestation. So when we are manipulating the web, what are we doing? Well, when I was a young girl and I was doing magic, there weren't a lot of books out there. There weren't a lot available. And we didn't have an internet back in those days. It was like, you know, hard to believe that even existed, but you had to go to a library and you were limited to the books that you could find in the library. Fortunately, I found some books on magic. I Sybil Leake was an author back in the 70s and 60s, and there were some books of hers in my um, junior high school library. But there weren't a lot of books of magic, and there was definitely not, not even close to a 
tiny, tiny percentage of the resources that we have nowadays. So a lot of the information that I gained myself, I gained simply by getting downloads from my guides, connecting up with my guides, intuitively connecting to those guides and getting downloads. And one of those pieces of of information was this, was that I could sit and visualize and pull a thread of that string and pull something to me. And I used to do this all the time, do this experiment all the time. What I what I would get into a meditative state and I would start to think about something that I wanted to bring in. And then I would just visualize pulling a thread and pulling that thread and having it come to me, whatever it was. Now I think of this now as like, you know, a spider web. When you when a spider creates a web, it doesn't have to be right next to the fly when the fly lands. If you know anything about spiders, most spiders have very poor vision, but they can be sitting in one part of the web. And when a fly lands on another part of the web and sticks and starts struggling, they can sense through the web and those little threads where that wobbling and that wiggling is coming from and make their way over and get their little afternoon snack. So the same thing applies to our web here. We can sense things, we can pull things. If we're very, very attuned and we pay attention and we're doing our magical work, we really, really don't need to do any of that other stuff. We can just pull things in purely through thought. But the fact of the matter is this, most of us cannot be pure in our thought. Most of us cannot be 100% focused on our good outcome. And if we aren't 100% focused on our outcome, we may need to support that with some action. We are always manipulating the web with our thoughts. We are always manipulating the web with our words. We are always manipulating the, the web with our actions. But magic and law of attraction is focusing those things, putting it in the direction that you want it to go rather than just letting it go wherever. I like to say it's like your mind is like a team of horses pulling your chariot. And if your team of horses, you just let the reins go, that team of horses will go everywhere and anywhere. It might go where you want it to go, but it might go in a completely different direction too. But if you have your hands on the reins and you're controlling the horses, you but the horses are turning left and you want them to turn right, you can turn them right. And so that's what we're doing. We're talking about being conscious of our mental state, conscious of our thoughts, conscious of our words, and conscious of our actions. And are those thoughts, words, and actions pulling us in the direction that we want our outcomes to go? So why do we do magic stuff? Those are actions. Why then we use tools? Well, candles, oils, and herbs, gemstones, rituals, fire, whatever, petition papers, mojo bags, whatever you want to, you know, insert thing here is all stuff. And stuff has a reason. Stuff has meaning and stuff supports us. Why? Well, first of all, stuff helps us to focus. This is very, very important. If you are a person who is easily distracted or an anxious person, uh, these, these things can be very, very helpful. If you are someone who loses their focus very easily, working on a candle will bring your focus back because you have to work on that candle, right? So if your mind goes here, there, and everywhere, if you have ADD or ADHD, or you're just someone who thinks, you know, is easily (laughs) distracted by shiny objects like I can be, then working on the stuff can help keep your focus over a limited amount of time, meaning it may be a few minutes to work on that candle, prep that candle and so on. And that whole time you can be thinking about your positive outcome. If you're someone who is more kinesthetic, meaning you're somebody who 
um, works the best, learns the best when you're actually touching something or making something, then working with this stuff can be very helpful. Writing out things can be helpful. Writing out a petition paper can help you focus. Working on a candle, creating a candle, dressing the candle can keep you focused on that outcome for more than just a couple of seconds, which is what we want, right? If you're someone who gets anxious and you're overthinking things or you think yes and then you and then you backtrack on that this focus of working on something can for at least for a moment get us out of that overthinking and get us focused on our good outcome. You never ever want to do magic. I mean it's a waste of your time and a waste of your resources if you're dressing a candle, for example, and you're saying, I'm dressing this candle for prosperity, uh, but I'm not going to be prosperous. If you're taking a step forward and a step backwards, don't even bother doing magic. You got to work on your mind first before you get there. Now, why do we just do, you know, why do we do a candle for magic? If, if it really doesn't matter what the stuff is, if it's just helping us to focus, you know, why do a candle? Well, there's actually a reason for that because these things support us. If you um, no, uh, you listened to my podcast in episode 14 about herbs, for example, you will know that I have said in there that herbs are your friends. They're your allies. They are helping push something forward so that even if you push it forward with your positive intention, but then later that day doubt what you're doing, those herbs, those oils, those colors will help support your petition and keep pushing it forward, even if we take our laser focus off the objective, or if our mind horses run wild or we're not in control of what we're thinking or feeling about this topic, this will help. Now, you want to keep trying to think in that positive way. It's not saying that you just light a candle and then you don't have, doesn't matter what you think. No, you want to keep thinking your positive thought, but if you waver away from it, you still have that energy going forward and it allows you time to bring it back to that focus of what you want. Now, stuff also does another thing. It ties us to ritual, and rituals are important. Rituals get us in the mood. I want to think about, like, for example, what's a great ritual? Well, a lot of people celebrate their birthdays, and we have a cake and candles, and we all know what you do is that you light the candles on the cake, and you, you know, sing a song, and then you blow out the candles, right? That is a ritual surrounding candles. You make a wish and you do all of that stuff. That's a ritual surrounding birthdays that kind of brings us back to maybe what your family traditions are. You might have additional traditions beyond that birthday cake, or it might connect us to other people, the people that are there at the party with us. You know, it connects us to those people. It gives you a moment where you know exactly what you need to do. You stand there in front of the cake, you make your wish and you blow out the candles, right? So, it puts you in this certain mood that it's going to be birthday time. We're going to have something, a nice treat to eat. And it takes you out of the everyday, right? Now that's a kind of a, a little ritual. But if we're doing magical rituals, they take us out of our place of the mundane world and put us in another place where we can really keep that focus on what it is that we want. We can get in the mood for creating and manifesting. And we're not getting, as I said, distracted by the mundane stuff in life. Rituals are kind of a shorthand so that you don't have to be thinking the whole time either. You know, if you're focusing on, you know, dressing the candle and scribing on the candle or sewing the charm on the mojo bag, then you don't have to be thinking about unlimited over and over repetitive thoughts about your good outcome. You can just kind of go with the beauty of that magic and just be letting it flow as you're doing that ritual. 
So rituals are very important as well. Now, all this being said, working with stuff works. You've seen it yourself, Jocelyn. You said sometimes you do these things and they work really well. So you've seen that those outcomes and this stuff works. And so that's what I say to everyone who's interested in magic. I say, don't take my word for it. Don't just uh, you know blindly take the word of anyone. Test things out for yourself and see if they work for you. Try doing uh, two different things. You know, when we talk about scientific method, we have a two different, you know, like we'll do a test, do different test groups. So do magic with things and do magic without things and see what your result is. Try working with just focused intention only and no magical tools, and then try working with the tools and see what your results are. Do some experiments, see what works with you for you. And if you like working with stuff, work with stuff. If you like working without stuff, work without stuff. There are no rules to this. It is what works for you. I'm only offering what I know that works for me and what I hope will work for you because I wish someone had shared this information with me when I was learning. So what I'm saying when we look at all this is try different things. Try working with tools. Try working with mojo bags. See if you like working with mojo bags. Try working with candles. See if you like working with candles. Try just doing focused intention and see if that helps and see if that gets what you want. And find the tools and the things that work for you and the rest of the stuff, leave it for someone else. It may not be for you. So that's all I'm recommending. When I ever, whenever I say anything about magic, whenever I say anything about law of attraction, I'm not saying my way is the right way or what I do is the be all and the end all and it's what everyone should believe. I never, never say that. I always just offer it as some other option for you to see if you can't do what I have done, which is to make a beautiful, happy, fulfilling life through magic and the law of attraction, which is why this show is named that. So I hope that was helpful. I hope that you got a deeper understanding about um, the difference uh, between focused intention and thought magic and wild magic and magic with tools and rituals. And I hope that you'll give both a try and see what is the right combination for you. Well, that just about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more info about this topic, then I recommend that you go back and you listen to some of the older episodes, like episode one and episode 21 and 22, where you're going to get some more information about the things that we talked about here. And I also want to invite you to subscribe to my monthly magic newsletter. Now, I got to say, the monthly magic newsletter doesn't come out every month. It probably comes out about four times a year, (laughs) to be honest with you, because I'm busy doing so many other things and I'm the one that does it all. So, but if you subscribe, you will get something. You may not get a, a... an email from me every month, but you will get something and you will get a gorgeously illustrated ebook called Seven Secrets to Supercharge Your Spell Work. Just go to Seven Secrets ebook and you can get your free copy today. And then maybe you'll be surprised one day and you'll see an email from me. I want to say another huge thank you to Jocelyn for her super inspiring question about spells. So if you, dear listener, have a question about spells or law of attraction, divination, spiritualism, anything at all, any other magical or spiritual topic, you can go to magicandthelawofattraction.com and submit your questions there. Just scroll down to the bottom and there's a place that you can just do it online. 
I love seeing your questions. They are always so intriguing and so inspiring because it gives me something to talk about in the podcast here. So get on over there and do it. And if I pick your question for our podcast, you will get a $50 gift certificate to my online store, Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders. Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders is an esoteric emporium, a spiritual apothecary, and a repository of arcane wisdom. The Parlor of Wonders is your online, one-stop online shop for magical supplies, tarot reading, spells, classes, and a ton of free magical instruction. The ingredients for every spell that we mention on Magic and the Law of Attraction and more are available at parlorofwonders.com. So go ahead and check it out by going over there. You'll see all kinds of stuff, including the goodies that we talk about in each episode. I want to say a huge thank you to all the Law of Attractioneers out there who have subscribed and shared this podcast with your friends and family. And big, big love to the folks who have left reviews on iTunes. When you leave a review on iTunes, guess what happens? Other people find out. We move up in the charts. People get excited about our podcast. It's really great. So I hope that you will be one of those people that's so very kind and leaves a review on iTunes. And every week we run a contest to pick our favorite written review from that week and give that person a free 30-minute tarot reading with me. Yep, you and I can talk for 30 minutes and we can do tarot cards and have fun together. Well, this week's winner is Kimalicious. Kimalicious says, setting my soul on fire. Love, Madam Pamita. Always informative and always kind. That's so nice to hear. Thanks for the constant motivation and reminding me that I can make tomorrow better than today. You know what? That's such a beautiful, motivating idea for all of us, that tomorrow can be better than today. And we should always be striving for that and always working toward that with our magic. So thank you, Kimalicious. Um, go ahead and send a message. If you are Kimalicious, go send a message to info at parlorofwonders.com and we'll send you the information so that you can get your free 30-minute reading. If you haven't yet put up a review on iTunes, why don't, don't you want a free reading? You do? Well, go over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and post a written review. Let me know what you like and what you want more of. And we'll do it all again next week and give away another prize. I love giving away prizes. So... Thank you to all of you guys. I love you guys. Thank you to Jill Navarre, my producer and engineer. Thank you to Manfred Hofer, my fabulous announcer and even more fabulous boyfriend. And thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to next week when we will be answering the question, what is the evil eye? Until next week, this is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. 